everyone is the boss it is so weird sitting across from you like this you know we've been <laughs> recording our episodes like you know by video chat and this is the first time we've been recording together in the same room it's good it's, to see you <laughs> i know it's so weird it's so weird sitting across from you yeah so what have you been up to these days I have been trying to get you to watch a show I like called 90 Day Fiancé. Why don't you watch the show, Mira? Honestly, I've seen like one season of that show. Well, not one season. Well, was it the season where there was a um, the girl that went to Egypt and then the guy uh, saw her in person and said she was catfishing him because she did not look like her picture? In Egypt? I haven't seen that one. Maybe it was, was a, a Tunisia girl, or, no, or Morocco. Girl. Yes, Morocco. Morocco. The, the girl with a, she had a child. She was yes. really young. Yeah, I can't remember what her name was, but I, I remember watching a few episodes of that season. But then I never really got into the other seasons because there's just so many episodes. And then it's like, there's like different types of 90 Day Fiancés, right? Yeah, so basically, just to give a quick description of it, you know, 90 Day Fiancé is a show about, you know, a couple basically who tries to, you know, the who lives in another country. And they try to go there and get married with the person and they have 90 days to do everything they need to do to fulfill the requirements. If not, their visa expires. So like you said, there are various types. The one that they come to the U.S., the one they go to other countries. So there's way too many on, on the TLC channel. So that's why yeah. we focus mostly on the main one in the U.S. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, U.S. one is like more popular, right? Like Yes, more exactly. Okay. That's the most common one because you have people from Nigeria, Morocco. Like you said, that lady, she first did um, 90 days because her um, soon-to-be husband, he was living in Morocco, but he had to come to the U.S. But he didn't get a visa. So now she went the other way to Morocco to go and be with him there. He didn't really it's like so her, so he was kind of awkward. It's so weird to me because these shows, I know that they're scripted in some ways, but like if they're for real though, how does the government not like shut those things down like because you can clearly see that some people are just marrying these people for just papers yeah especially the age gap like you said sometimes the women are so old compared to the men or the same thing the men is so old compared to the women you're like what, what are you trying to so say big? age is just a number maybe the person liked older people or so i mean so if i come to you and say mirai i have a wife who is 70 years old you'll be okay with that I mean, look, are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing, is to be happy, huh? I mean, that would be weird, but there's no wife, uh, lady that's 70 years older than her partner, right? I mean, unless, like, like you do, you have, like, a you have not type contract where, you know, you're, like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like as long as it's not extreme and it's not so obvious, it should be fine. But it, it's always questionable when you see people on the show where the guy clearly does not like the girl and he's just trying to get papers or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So how do they make it legal? Like how and how is the government not watching these shows? Like, I mean, it, anyway, it has to be scripted. I have been trying to get you to watch this show called Squid Game. Have you heard about oh, it? Tell me about it. Yeah, you've been trying so much, but give me a brief description of it because I'm going to try well, to watch it. Sometimes okay, so. so Squid Game is basically a South Korean uh, TV show where um, there are different players that are like risking their lives in the. It's like a mysterious survival game, basically. So people who are like financially like ruined and need money, they're so desperate, they enter this competition type style game where. They think that they're just playing like, you know, regular games and then they get to win like, I can't remember what the prize money was, like maybe 4.5, 45 billion Korean won, 
which is a oh, lot wow. of money. Yeah, a lot of how money. Much that is. Yeah, for five billion Korean one, let's just say a lot of money. Just just imagine you're playing a game and they tell you you're gonna win, you know, fifty million dollars, for example. That's a lot of money, right? So they yeah. get to play. They get to play different competitions throughout the show, and then as you advance, um, there can only be one winner. But the funny thing is that they don't explain those rules as to like there's only one winner at the end of the game when you enter. It's only after you arrive there that you know you are seeing how things are happening. So it's pretty dark, but it's really interesting. The thing I like about Korean shows is that it's not uh, long like American TV shows. It's only nine episodes. I think there might be a season two, but it's really good. I recommend anyone watch it. If you were to compare with another show, which show would you say is like similar to? Um, well, I mean, in the American equivalent or let's say a Western equivalent, um, uh, well, let's just say for movies, if you like mm -hmm. uh, shows like The Hunger Games, mm -hmm. yeah, that in that genre, or what's that other one where they had to play like? Uh, I can't remember maze, what it's called. Maze, maze Runner? Yeah, Maze Runner type. Yeah, dystopian okay. future type shows like that. Now, in terms of series, I think a pretty similar series is like 3%. You remember 3%, you remember 3% right? The Brazilian show 3%? Yes, yeah. Yeah, where like there's, a, there's like a bunch of players and only 3% get to uh, win a game style competition and go live in like their paradise and it's really dark and you know very interesting it's also scary too though so i mean it sounds enticing i think you have convinced me i'm gonna watch it okay since you're here i can i watch it with you they can go over it with me right As no watch why why would i watch it with you <laughs> like i have other shit to be doing so you i recommend that you're watching on your own and if you're listening watch squid game i remember um watching it when the show just came out and i could not put it down like i binge watched the entire nine episodes like the same day i started watching because i was like i needed to know what was gonna happen and it uh and i i did not regret it now i know some people don't like um foreign shows because they don't want to like read uh read subtitles the good mm -hmm. news is that they have the episodes have been dubbed so you can also watch them. You can also listen to it in English. So you don't have to worry about reading subtitles. That sounds interesting. Do you know what's happening today? Monday, September 27th. Well, what's happening? Give me the news. Give me the scoop. So today is the last day of UNGA. You know what that means? United Nations GA. What is the GA for? Okay, let me break it down for you. So that's the United Nations General Assembly. So, General, okay. yeah, so the 76th session of the United Nations General Assembly debate, which took place from 21st of September, and today is the last day, Monday the 27th. Um, now, I know most of us, have a general idea what the UN is and mm -hmm. UNGA, but I think for some of our listeners who don't, I think I wanted to just very give a brief history lesson here so that way we're all on the same page and you know we can be in the loop of what's happening. Because, granted, like I know about the UN, but to be honest, I've not kept in touch with what's been happening throughout the years in terms of like their meetings and stuff i mean have mm -hmm. you no not really but like you said it's kind of important because you know in most of the history you know it's from different countries that people come together i know it's you know everybody has an idea about it but they don't really have the detail of what it happens there so i'm not gonna go into too many details but the summary is so the un which is the United Nations, is an international organization that was formed after the Second World War. Um, can you guess how many countries it's made up of right now? Like 36? No, way more than that. Hmm. 
48? <laughs> no. So it's currently made of 193 countries, which is oh, wow. essentially all the countries in the world except two countries. Yeah. Um, th- yeah, the two wow. countries that are, are not included that are not really like Vatican City and the Holy See, which I don't understand like why they're not included. But if somebody can explain the reasons why, that would be great. That's so, kind of uh, funny because every time I see in the meeting, I don't see you know, about a hundred and something countries. It looks like it's a small hall, the youth and other things. But like you said, it's really yeah, big. but yes, it's 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 an organization that's formed by all the countries in the in the world, right? But mm-hmm. obviously, when they have their meetings every year, they can't have every single country be represented. Some countries attend, right. some countries don't. They send mm-hmm. a representative to speak on behalf of issues, so they cannot send every single African leader, or for example, to go to talk about the same thing. So every year, mm-hmm. I think there are different representatives of, you know, maybe like Eastern region, Western, and so on. Now, with every organization that you form, right, in life, there's always a branch mm-hmm. of that organization that is the main policy-making branch. And that branch is called the UNGA, so the United Nations General Assembly. Mm-hmm. So the UNGA handles policy-making and the budget of the UN. So similar to how you have um, American uh, Congress, right? The legislative mm-hmm. branch is the one that handles policy making in the United States. So, with the UN, the UNGA handles policy making and the budget of the UN. So, that's the basic lowdown. Now, every year there's a UNGA meeting. And um, for this year, the main topics were like migration, sustainable development goals, and fight against climate change, which, by the way, that's where um, one of the uh, most popular groups in the world right now, BTS, actually um, presented and performed. They actually came to represent South Korea with their president. So that's that's how I even heard about, you know, the topics of the UN, because... I mean, no offense, like no, I don't really pay attention to every individual topic. I was really more <laughs> interested in like what African countries are talking about. And then I saw, you know, that trending. And I was like, oh, that's that is really cool that they're actually, you know, representing their country that way. Other topics were like um, human rights. And of course, the topic of the hour, which we're currently facing is the current pandemic. Now, but that's uh, interesting what you what you said, like, you know, that uh, the K-pop group BTS was there because. I think that's kind of a way to get the youth involved because most of the time you don't really look into the UN General Assembly and other exactly. things. Exactly. You, you know, K-pop groups and other groups, the, the young groups involved, it gets people educated on these and it, it provides a bright future, you know, for the youth. Yeah, and I think the summary for that, for their involvement, is really because I know I remember watching one of the uh, the reports that was asking why would they use them to come present at the United Nations and mm-hmm. UNGA, and the president basically said every individual has a part to play, government versus individual. So they're talking about climate change and sustainable development goals. So while the government is focusing on like um, on fossil fuel energy, basically trying to make big changes. Mm-hmm. So all of us as individuals have our role to play to help reduce the impact on the environment. A BTS identifies with a lot of people right now, with a lot of youths. It, it would encourage them to join the fight. And also... One of the main things that they wanted to also stress is, you know, getting everybody vaccinated and making sure that everybody is safe and so on. So it was, it was really interesting to see that. Now, I know that's all great and dandy, but I was very interested to see 
what the discussion was from the African nations. Mm -hmm. And um, so overall, the main theme of the discussion with the leaders uh, at the UNGA was vaccine inequity and the continual reminder of countries to fulfill their dose-sharing pledges. Which so I think it, that's a big problem, right? Yes, yes. I mean, according to the WHO, apparently only 15% of promised donations from rich countries have been delivered. So that was wow. very shocking. So I was just like, wow, like only 15%. Like, so it seems as if a lot of us, well, in the same rich countries, that like countries who have had access to excess vaccines and have promised to give back their excess vaccines to to other countries or other poor countries or developing countries around the world. For the ones who have pledged, they've only delivered 15%, which is really, you know, low. So their their speeches were just really in a sense begging, like Guys, please, we're reminding you to please fulfill your pledge and send us the doses and all that and so on. And that was the main thing across all of the African uh, leaders. I think the Ghanaian president, you know, made a really interesting speech. Um, I skimmed through a couple of other topics, but one of the discussions that I found very interesting was led by Winnie Bianima. Now, do you know who Winnie Bianima is? No, unfortunately not. Uh, that's okay. She is the uh, UN AIDS executive director. So she basically okay. is leading the United Nations efforts to end the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking if there's somebody who knows firsthand how to deal with an epidemic in Africa on a global scale is this woman. And, um, and she really had, I, I, if you have some time, anybody listening to this podcast, like go and listen to her, her talk, topic on youtube it's it's really enlightening and i feel like um the main takeaway from this talk for me was this she basically said covid is a global issue and should be tackled on a global scale okay the supply of vaccines do does not does not match the demand and currently, everybody's all they're saying is, oh, well, let's pledge excess donations. Let's pledge excess donations. But she says pledging does not really work because poor countries or developing countries have to now sit and wait until other countries get vaccinated and then wait for mm -hmm. the excess. That is so crazy. So, so in other words, mm -hmm, she's saying that the demand is basically higher than the supply in most of these countries. Like many people need want want to take the vaccine, but the vaccine is not available based on yeah, what you said. Is, only fifteen percent is being supplied. No, yeah, I mean, in in essence, you know, the people have not been pledging, giving away their pledges that they've offered, so we don't have. And you know what they're saying is that because we don't have enough enough uh, vaccines, mm -hmm. we keep asking for all these rich countries to please send us your excess, send us your excess. But she does not believe in sending the excess as a solution. I mean, it is one solution, but she doesn't think it's a solution just because that means, for example, like see a country like Spain. Apparently, Spain has like ninety five percent of their people vaccinated. Ninety five percent. USA has like fifty six percent right now. But if you look at the numbers in uh, a lot of African countries, they are seeing like between 2%, 5%. Yeah, it's very low. So it's really low. So now... It can also be a factor. Yeah, so granted, yes, we have issues of vaccine hesitancy, mm -hmm. you know, education. Those things are always going to be there. 
But her bottom line was that let us deal with those things once we have the vaccines. Don't prevent us from having the vaccines because, oh, Africa people are, Africans are refusing the, the vaccines, right. so mm -hmm. don't give them, like, she's like, let's have access to the vaccines either way. Um, so she's, no, she's appreciative of the access that countries are pledging, but she just feels like if you're treating each, it on an individual, like, um, country by country basis, then it mm -hmm. will not resolve the issue because then it, it, it will cause immigration issues, it will block travel and trade just because... You know, if if the rich countries are moving and progressing and leaving other people behind, they are not treating the pandemic as a global issue. They are treating it as, a, as an individual country issue. No, so that's very as, interesting. What, as what part of saying. the United Nations, mm -hmm. you're supposed to work together to bring to make sure that all, all the countries are actually united and there's peace. They're maintaining, you know, their their trade and everything. But so she felt like so anyway throughout the speech. I was very curious to see what, you know, what her recommendations were. Like, she, she was not really happy with the excess. And what she said mm -hmm. was very, very good. What she was recommending is that, that the technology that's used to make the vaccine should be open to all countries. So basically that they should provide an IP waiver, which is intellectual property waiver, mm -hmm. so that more African countries can make their own vaccines. Now, I know Senegal, Senegal is making their own vaccines on a small scale, but one of the um, one of the ex excuses that she says she's heard before is that they say, oh, well, Africans don't have the technology to do blah, 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 blah. And she, you know, she basically says that's that's racist. And I agree with her because, like, why why are you assuming that, you know, without providing it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That mm -hmm. there's no technology. And even if there's no technology, there are other, you know, developing countries in the world that can actually get that technology and provide the vaccines to African countries. Like she gave an example, like India is literally the pharmacist of the world. So um, like all they really need to know right now is the technology that has been used to make the vaccines and, and, and basically produce them on a massive scale and supply them. But for some reason, the current vaccine makers are not simply providing their technology and so she's encouraging that they should provide licensing to companies In companies can now mm -hmm. produce them at their own individual scale now obviously the dose that they make here like she was saying like with medications right the way mm -hmm. they would make a medication here in the u.s would have their own fda requirements would be different from what other, the, country. the way, other countries so she's like let let them handle it at their own level but give all countries the access. the access to be able to leverage that technology. So which is which is really good what you're saying. I'll have to check out her speech, like you said in the UN, because but you make a very good point. Because go like you said, sometimes things they don't have the access to the you know, the the technology or pattern. They're thinking about okay, oh, we know this, but those big companies that already have it, you know, I don't want to mention names, but those who have it here. Sometimes they don't want to release that pattern because it affects the bottom line. Exactly. So sometimes, you know, it gets with financially. People get health and financial as the same way, and it gets complicated when you deal with those kind of topics. So exactly. let's hope so. there's some improvement in the future. No, I really hope so. But you see how um, after starting November, they're opening they're opening up restrictions that were or that were there for many countries in Europe and a few a few countries in Africa, I believe, where. As long as you have your vaccine and you have a negative COVID test to the U.S. Now, I'm using, again, we keep using the U.S. because this is where we live, right? Mm -hmm. So right. maybe the requirements are different in your country, guys. So don't <laughs> don't be mad that we're only talking about the U.S. here, guys. This is because <laughs> this is where we live. Um, so 
it's just not fair because if if that's the case, Europe is getting vaccinated a lot faster than than Africa. So what happens to 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 Africa? Just how, just like how you said, the uh, supply is very low, so that would be a big problem in terms of if people want to get vaccinated and there's not enough exactly. for them, then how can they travel abroad? They don't have this exactly. um, restriction problem. So yeah, so vaccine hesitancy is one thing, but that's something that can be dealt on a on a national national level. Let them not decide for Africans; they don't really need it because there's vaccine hesitancy. Let's focus on like how can we leverage our technology now even if the the i don't know Pfizer, moderna don't want to give their full technology out there they can maybe i don't know i don't know the science behind it i mean you are a uh, a research engineer maybe you can shed some light as to how they can leverage the you know the intellectual property on a smaller scale as opposed to giving out their full license out there like what do you think about that i think basically um sometimes with the knowledge of certain um patterns in how we call it in science and stuff Whenever a company comes up with a pattern in terms of their technology and what they use, they can release the general ideas, papers form, publish that, you know, or in different formats where they give you like, oh, we use this certain, especially in this case with the vaccine mRNA, which is a form of the, the DNA, but in terms of the virus, how it carries like the HIV virus and other things. So mm-hmm. dealing with this kind of mRNA, they can release like what the mRNA does, how it transcribes in your body and translates and all the various techniques of how the vaccine can be effective, but they can give, you know, their direct formulation on what they did. So like you say, it's a very good point because most of these major companies right now, they are not releasing any information of that part. They're just publishing papers out there referring to things of the past, like how they combated the HIV virus and different things. But they're not releasing the information now on how they're combating the COVID vaccine, I mean the COVID virus with this NA technology. But you see, majority of the vaccines that are being provided to, for example, Cameroon are not the mRNA vaccines, right? I know, and that's I know a big have. problem. Exactly. Exactly. So once they start opening uh, the border, are they going to say, okay, well, if you took COVAX, I don't know if COVAX is an mRNA vaccine, but if you took COVAX, it doesn't count as the recognized vaccine. So it's like... Wow. Yeah, you know, that would be a big so problem. I'm just like, I hope that they can recognize like Every country will probably have a different technology and their own variation of the vaccine. So let's recognize that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a very big, um, a very big topic of the um, discussion. And I really enjoyed watching um, her speech. Her name again is Winnie Bianima. She's a UNAIDS executive director from Uganda. Okay, my people, it's time for the sports update with Daniel, aka Dibos. <laughs> all right a couple of things have happened since our last update so let me start first in the premier league mire you know of manchester united right mm-hmm. so in manchester united there was a certain crisis that happened with penalties so before cristiano ronaldo came into Manchester United, he was known in his previous team or wherever he has played before as a very good penalty taker. Now, there was this player called Bruno Fernandes in Manchester United, who is also from Portugal, where Ronaldo is from, that was always taking the penalties for the team. Mm-hmm. Now, Ronaldo as a big player, if he comes to Manchester United, who should take the penalties? I mean, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, in this game, 
they were playing against a similar team, Aston Villa. Now, Aston Villa was leading 1-0. And now in the last second of the game, a penalty was given to Manchester United. And guess what happened? The Aston Villa goalkeeper took the ball and said, I want Ronaldo. Give me Ronaldo on this penalty. But Ronaldo, for some reason, just stood back and watched the guy set all of this while the other player came and took the ball and placed it down to take the penalty. And then, just like in typical dramatic soccer fashion, what happened? Do you think he made the penalty or he missed no, it? No, he did not. He missed it. He missed it. I so knew. it was a big no. story in the news. How it was so big in the news. How they were talking about this goalkeeper had called Ronaldo like, I want you. He was pointing in front of everybody in the stadium. Ronaldo, you kick this penalty. Come and do it. But Ronaldo was standing there like, I don't know if he was shocked or something, but he just looked no, like... No, maybe he was just like, look, I'm not going to like fall, step down low to your level, blah, blah, blah. But he should have, he should have been like, I'm going to accept the challenge. I'm sorry. Exactly. All these Ronaldo fans, you, you guys are questionable right now. Very questionable. I know. So that was well, tell that to one of our big um, so, um, listeners, Cynthia, right? She's a big Ronaldo <laughs> fan. So, But yeah, so that was really crazy. Well... Not so that these Ronaldo fans don't get mad at me. There's also a Lionel Messi update, okay? <laughs> it's not only Ronaldo who is having problems. Messi, since he left Barcelona, huh, I'm a Barcelona fan, but Mire, Barcelona has been in shambles. <laughs> they have been, they have lost, they have lost three games in a row. Yikes. Yes, Yikes. so it's been really rough. Is it because the team overall just sucks or that Messi is not playing as well as he should? He used you to? hit the jackpot right there. Messi was hiding how bad the team was when he was with us because he was scoring a lot of the goals, assisting. So everybody thought the team was fine. But once he left, the team has been exposed as not really good without Messi. Yikes. Missing a lot. But on the other hand, Messi in PSG is also struggling. He's been having a lot of injuries. Hmm. So some of the fans like us were still having hope that maybe he will have a change of heart. And, and go come back. back to Barcelona. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> but why, yeah, but because, why will, how will he come back when they cannot afford him? When he That's why he left in the first place. That's the problem because right now Barcelona is in a financial world. That's why they cannot even sign any top player right now. But you think that as soon as Barcelona has like money, they would definitely want to get Messi back? Yeah, because even him too, he said he wanted to retire with Barcelona. So it's just because of money Aww, that he Oh, that is so, so sweet. Yeah, because it's just a match made in heaven. We need Barcelona and, Bath- and Messi needs... Sorry, we need Messi and Messi needs Barcelona. But that doesn't make any sense, though. How can they suck because of one person? Like, one person cannot carry the entire team. Well, Why but, one you know, person if, carry the entire team? Well, if you're the top player in the world, as some people know, supposed to be, that can show how dominant it can be, in, especially in a game like... um soccer or football like we call yeah, it but that's more stressful now on him because it's like oh he has to play he has to be, always be perfect in top tip top shape to carry exactly. his team exactly the team needs to be average and then he's like the star player not that the team is really sucky because that reminds me of a lot of your your lebron james games where he's literally like scoring everything he's like the team is doing nothing at all they're just standing there like that's ridiculous yes that's why sometimes you know great players are, are aided by the, the team they are around that's why if you see ronaldo has been moving to different teams since he came you know into europe football he's mm-hmm. been going from portugal to um, england to spain to italy because he knows that you need a good team in order to win but messi has been with one team because he's been loyal 
But now he knows if he needs to win a big Champions League, he has to go to a better team. Hence, mm. that's why he's trying to do this. But let's see what happens. On the other hand, me also as a Chelsea fan, you know, there was a big game this weekend, Chelsea versus Manchester City. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is the first game Chelsea has lost in a long time. So I'm yikes. gonna be crying a little. I'm gonna be crying a little bit, but you said nice. I said yikes. <laughs> oh, I thought you said nice. I would be like, why but, are you happy? Don't be happy that Chelsea. Excuse me, has... I'm not a Chelsea fan. Why should I no. be like ha- no, not but happy? You are... No, but as my sister, you should be supporting nah, the team I support, I'm right? Sorry, that was not in the contract <laughs> of our siblingship. That was not in our contract of siblingship. Like you don't, you don't have to support everything that I support or that you support. That's not the way it goes, huh? Nope. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. Yeah. So it seems like it's been a very rough uh, past week for uh, sports in general. Well, maybe players are just tired. For the, for the big team, yeah, exactly, because that also happens a lot. Since you know, games are like twice a week or three times a week, and then also you know how you had the international break, so some players had to travel far distance then come back to play their game. So it's really very complicated with all of these things. I had a friend, sorry, sorry, Scott. I had a friend that listened to our podcast, and she said that your, you know, she loves your uh, French accent, the way you pronounce stuff. You keep saying "inter international break," international, yeah, international, inter international. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's it's kind of funny because yeah, even um, people I'm around here sometimes when I pronounce some things, they're always saying. Oh, what is that? I'm like, yeah, this is the way I pronounce it, but they're very surprised, you know. Yeah. Right, but... What was the word that um um uh, your friend was telling us to pronounce again the other day? Was it um what was that word? Oh, let me think again. The meteor, right? Something that comes <laughs> from you know, the, the the astronaut stuff. Meteor. I know you, you know, because yeah. we watch a lot of like French shows growing up, so it's like meteor, meteor, meteor. Meteor, but no, it's called You're meteor, like... meteor, whatever. Meteor, or even like, meteor. Like, or even think about, meteor? think about this um this um state in um the area of where Baltimore is the city. What what state is that? Like where they love Cameroonians and love Africans. Oh, Maryland. You see, we say Maryland, but yeah, but yeah, they say Maryland, Maryland. They say it different. Yeah, whatever. Saying? Maryland, <laughs> Maryland. It's like they're like Maryland. What's up? We're like Maryland. We're like Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> so, we pronounce all the uh, letters. Maryland. Maryland. Exactly. Maryland. 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 But it, it's, so, it's yeah. how it took me a while. It took me quite a bit to learn how to pronounce uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Like, it's literally Arkansas. Exactly. But yeah. I only learned the other day from um, Tavia that it was because of the Indians. That's why mm-hmm. it's pronounced that way because they, uh, they, they had named a W it, at the end. It had a mm-hmm. W, which makes sense now, but I'm surprised that it, they kept the pronunciation regardless of the change in the spelling. Arkansas. Yeah, why else we know when I came here, I was always like Arkansas. Arkansas. Aca- Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of, you know, different accents and all this. That can yeah, be a, whole a lot of American English <laughs> words are just very different. Like, it's, it, you know, coming coming here, you know how we spelled color with the C-O-L-O-U-R, but here it's like O-R and, you know, yeah. Things exactly. are spelled differently, but they mean the same thing. Now, back to the spot updates. A few <laughs> no, more we things. Just, we just, like, <laughs> derailed the topic to something else. No, it's about- good. <laughs> no, that's good. It's very interesting because, yeah, like you said, you know, sometimes people can hear different accents and they... They find it really interesting. So we can make that one topic for another day too. So another thing to add, um, you know, Samuel Eto, right? Yes, Eto. 
So now he's trying to run to be the president of the Federation of Football in Cameroon. Of FIFA now, Cameroon. No, um, Fika Food. Yeah, Fika Food Cameroon. Yes, oh. exactly. Because we need someone like him who don't who not ask for money. Because the problem with Africa or in most soccer teams in different parts of Africa is about the bribery and corruption. You know, some players can go and play a game, but before they get their money, they have to go through everybody and beg for the money. Why normally you should get your money if you play and win the game? Yeah. So he's been he's been seeing this happening, and he said that enough is enough. He wants to run to be the president of the Fika Food, and that he would take no money for this. He wants just to improve and show. Africans that we can move forward without having to get bribery and corruption with all the government and all those, in, uh, all those things involved. Just focus on making the players healthy, make sure they get their prime for when they play the games, they get their food, everything, they get their dress. Because some teams, even like in Uganda and some areas in like smaller countries, they don't even get a, they get only one jersey. After they play the game, they have to go wash that jersey and wear the game Yikes. the next day. Why yeah in Europe, you know, people throw dresses, give fans, all those things. So it's really, really bad. So so that's where we need to do a lot of improvement. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway, that's awesome that he's wanting to do that. But how can you trust him though? Because he anyway, he comes from the side of money. So you're hoping that he will not be greedy, but like how can you trust how can you trust him that he's really that's, he means what he's saying? Exactly. I mean that's what people are like okay it's good to talk right but it's gonna be about his actions will he be and able to pull true. that off would, so, that's true oh, everything in life you can always say all the words you want to say it's only from your actions that you know but who is the current president of Fika Food is it an, a, a Cameroonian yes it's a Cameroonian I think um, he's been there in power because he's been seeing even with his brothers and his dad his mm. dad was first of all a president before then him is the president right now the brother is the president of a basketball I team I smell too. nepotism so, yeah, I so that's smell why nepotism. Exactly. So that's why it was like I'm trying to change the direction of this. Let's let's expand and get more creative because in Africa he said we have the most raw talent of any country. Agreed. But but the talent is being exploited because look at all the French players. Have you you see only like one player who is non African? Everybody then the French national team is an African. Yep. So that's why it's important to get us to stay in the country and grow up there in in Senegal, Cameroon, all those countries to go to Europe and get better where you can develop in your own country. Yep, that's awesome. And finally, let us give a big congratulations to the Cameroon women volleyball team. They won the Afro Volleyball Championship. Wait, what? Yes, like no, the wait, championship but I for the... I thought you said that um, Senegal was the one that was winning the championship. That was the men. On the men's side. Oh. This is the women. The women's side. The beach see, volleyball. Pronunciation. Women. Women. So it's different. The women. <laughs> women. So yeah. For the, not not beach, Afro volleyball. Like, you know, the African volleyball tournament. Ah, okay. Yeah, so the Cameroon national team won. So a big contest for the third title, which Ooh, is big. Awesome job. Coming up this week, we have some great games. Tuesday, we have... PSG versus Man City. And on Wednesday, we have Juventus versus Chelsea. And that's the sports update from D-Boss. All right. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. I appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Uh, I know y'all are waiting to hear Daniel's uh, proverb for the week, but I think I'm going to take this one this time. <laughs> oh, and, okay. <laughs> um, because we're spending time with family this week, I really have a favorite 
African proverb uh, or quote, if you want to call it that way. And okay. that quote is, it takes a village to raise a child. Danny, can you translate that in French? Ça prend un village pour lever un enfant. Yeah. And um, I think this is a very common proverb that most of us know, um, which just means that it takes an entire community of people to provide for and interact positively with children um, so that they can experience and grow in a safe and healthy environment. And I hope that we, uh, those of us in the diaspora, can continue this tradition of doing of what we've always done back in Africa in wherever you guys are currently living in your respective countries. Absolutely. Family is crucial. Yep. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Until then, this has been Mireille. Daniel aka D-Boss. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Ciao, ciao.